Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 76. Welcome to RestaurantUnstoppable.com. Listen to successful restaurant professionals as they discuss the tools, tactics, and services they use to better lead, manage, and market their restaurants. Join our community and make your restaurant dreams unstoppable. Here's your host, Eric Cacciatore. Yo, what's going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? It's your host, Eric Cacciatore, and this is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry. We do that by listening to the stories and taking the advice from the industry's most successful restaurant professionals. Uh, We have a great show for you today. It's Thursday, and that means it's Authority Thursday. Today's topic, big data. What is it, and how can we leverage it to make our restaurants just a little bit more unstoppable? Uh, We need to really have an open mind when it comes to uh, adopting these new forms of collecting information on our guests, because with this information comes power. Uh, The things you can do uh, just to be effective and to make smart business decisions, uh, to provide better customer service, there's really no negative aspect to making this investment to uh, try to know everything there is to know about your guests. So that's what we'll cover today. Um, like always, just a reminder, if you do find value in this show, please give me five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. It helps so much. And if you ever think of a good topic, don't be afraid to reach out to me. I'll do my best to get somebody on the show to dive into that topic for you. And that's what I'm here for, so don't forget it. With that said, enjoy today's show. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Lee Barnes. Lee, are you ready to drop some bombs of knowledge that are going to make our restaurant dreams unstoppable? I'll see what I can do. (laughs) All right. So I'm just going to give a quick introduction, Lee, then I'll pass it over to you to introduce yourself and dig in a little bit deeper about who you are and what you're all about. Um, Lee is the head of Data Insights at Patronix. And uh, Patronix provides industry-leading reward programs, email clubs, promotional engines, gift and comp solutions, and data insights with with these tools, Patronix helps restaurants get what they need to compel guests to choose their brands first and more often. Today, Lee will help us paint the big picture with big data. What is it and what can we do as restaurant owners to make our restaurants just a little bit more unstoppable? So that's just a quick introduction, Lee. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, uh, what your role is, and what you're going to talk to us today about? Sure. That sounds great. Um so yeah, I think you said a lot about Patronix there, and, and I think you've also mentioned that I'm uh, head of Data Insights. And so what Data Insights is, it's a premium service that we offer uh, to some of our larger restaurant chain customers, where we, we help them to mine the data that they, that they develop through the loyalty program and lots of other data, all the data we can get our hands on, and really drive, um, drive insights from that, drive, drive valuable actions that they can take. So we're all about data mining and, and leveraging the data to make smart business decisions. Awesome. Um, so I guess for those of you at home that are listening, um, some of the topics or some of the things we might be talking about, maybe just big data in general might seem kind of foreign to you. So Lee, would you mind just kind of giving us a big picture is like, what is meant by big data? Um, where do we get this information? Um, and you know, what are we using it for? Great. Yeah. So big data is really, um, 
like I said, it, it's it's uh, it's data. It's, it's lots of data about lots of different things. So in the in the case of restaurant industry, um, a lot of the data certainly that we use at Patronix comes from uh, the loyalty program. So every single time you swipe your loyalty card in a restaurant, um, that that transaction then becomes tagged to you, and so we can. We can track over time what the same get, how often the same guest is coming back, what they're buying, the different kind of menu items they have, the frequency, how much they spend, are they on their own, are they with the party, and really build up a, a good picture of that person's, uh, that person's behavior as they, um, as they go through the program. Um, we also uh, do a lot, of, uh, a lot of email data, so we know who's been sent which offer, we know whether they responded, we know when they responded, how long they responded, which, which, offers, which offers drove them in and which ones uh, didn't. We also get a lot of data from the point of sale, so every transaction that happens in a restaurant clearly creates a, um, an event that, that, is, that is recorded on the point of sale software. That can get uploaded and we can literally look at every single check, every item that was ordered. We, we can look at, uh, you know, look at all the people that ordered margaritas and figure out how many of them um, chose an expensive tequila versus a cheap tequila. We can really look into every single kind of, uh, of detail like that, so we, we get, pro get data from the, the point of sale. Um, if there's digital surveys, people, uh, you know, often will, will send out surveys. We can we can we can put introduce survey data into there. We can look at um, uh, we, we can look at uh, online ordering activity. If, if the restaurant's hooked into online ordering, we can look at that. I know there's other companies out there doing data, getting data from places like Open Table, and we can look at Facebook and we can look at click tracking. There's, you know, there's a, a huge amount of data that is being generated. Uh, by every by every restaurant and by everybody anyone that visits any restaurant and really what what we're all about is is bringing all of that data together and using it in a way that that enables restaurants to make to make better decisions than they could without that data. Yeah, I mean it's it's really astonishing today and to really just to be as basic as possible any time that you're plugged in online or just connected in some way in the digital the digital realm there's probably somebody who's recording your actions and using that information following your clicks to find out information maybe not specifically on just you but in general um what the consumers are doing so um but we can use this data to do some pretty incredible things and to make smart decisions um so that's kind of what we're going to get into next so um, how is this data being used? You've kind of alluded to it already, but give us some examples of how you can really leverage this big data to um, make the most of it and to just make smart business decisions. I think that's right. I, mean, I, I think, um, you know, the, the, the first thing is it, it can be very intimidating. It's a huge amount of information. It takes an awful lot of effort to, to go through it all. Um, uh, but, but, you know, and, and that's really where we come in, and that's, that's really what we're focusing on, on trying to, on, you know, to really try to, find some valuable use for it, because sometimes you can just get overwhelmed by mm -hmm. it. Um, Absolutely. Let me give you a few examples. So you know, if you sort of take a, take a restaurant chain that's, um, that's launching a new, a new menu item, and they want to know, and they're doing a pilot, so they, you know, maybe it's a nationwide restaurant chain, and they're doing a pilot in a, in a small area for a new menu item, and uh, they want to know, should we roll it out or not? And so normally what you would do sort of in the, you know, the old-fashioned world is you just look at, did it sell or not? Simple question. How, how much did I sell, and was it, you know, did it... Did it perform well enough to justify being rolled out? Um, in, in a sort of post big date, now that we have now that we have now that we can track people over time and look at the same loyalty guests. One of the things we can look at is we can now look at well not only how many people bought it, but how many people bought it twice, or how many people bought it three times. And if you were sort of faced with this decision, I've got menu item A, where 10% of guests bought it once, but nobody bought it twice, or a different menu item where 5% of guests bought it and every single one of those guests that bought it bought it again um, which of those would you would you like to launch 
the most, and, and you can get it's pretty obvious you should launch the one that people are buying again because clearly there's there's people like it and it, and it's it's going to get a lot of repeat business. Whereas the first one might have caused a big um, caused a big amount of, of of interest at first, but you know it, it didn't it didn't in the long run. Um, and so that's you know that's one one of the things we're, we're seeing some people do. And then the flip side of that would be how do you choose which menu items to cut? And so you know the classic way to do it would be well we just which menu item is selling the least. But what we can do now is we can say well. Let's, let's, let's have a look at the bottom five or six menu items, but let's, let's have a look at, at who's buying them. And so if you find that the people that are buying your you know, least popular menu items happen to be among your most valuable guests, or if, if, if people that are buying your, your least popular menu items, it's all they buy, and if, they, if you sort of turn off that item, you're going to lose that customer altogether. Now you can make a smarter decision about which menu items to prove. And so you know, that's kind of a... An interesting idea of, of, of how we're um, of, of how we're seeing people use you know, use loyalty data, not necessarily to drive a loyalty decision, but to drive a decision about about what to put onto their menu and what to take off of their menu. So that's kind of one idea. I was going to say, um, it's just what we're talking about is um, you know basically you're just looking for trends. And I get reminded of a book that I read and I talk about all the time, which is E Myth, um, a great book for anybody opening a restaurant. In that book, they talk about how. You know, there's three stages to opening a, uh, any kind of business. You have to, you know, there's the, you know, innovation where you have an idea, and then you have to be able to, you know, uh, quantify what you're doing, and then there's the orchestration where you actually follow through. But it's that middle part, the quantification, and to you have to be able to put numbers to, the, to your efforts because it's those numbers that will tell you whether your efforts are actually paying off. And um, with big data, to see all these trends, you can really just put such incredible numbers to to what you're doing to see if your efforts are even worthwhile. So, um, I mean, that's my big takeaway with data. What would you have to say to that? Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. I mean, you, you, you know, you really can. It really can help you to... Um it really can help you to quantify what's going on. I mean, I think that that's a big part of it. I mean, I think it goes beyond that. I think you, you can you can actually do things you couldn't otherwise do. I mean, I think quantification is part of it, but I think there's, there's other things that you can do that you just couldn't do without data. So let me talk about, you know, one of the holy grails of, um, for, for most CMOs of, market, of, of restaurant companies is how do I, how do I, cut down on the use of coupons. Everybody you talk to in the, in the restaurant industry is, is saying that the only way we've got to drive traffic um, is, is coupons, 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 coupons. I want to stop sending so many coupons. And, and loyalty programs is, is one way you can start to kind of wean yourself off, off coupons. And, and an example I can give you here was, um, there was a, there's a restaurant chain we were working with that was um, every, every summer they would do a, they would do a, a special and basically they would, they would sell a lobster roll for, for the summer. It was only available during the summer. They were obviously up here in the northeast and um, they would do a lobster roll. And pretty much what they did every year was they, they launched the lobster roll um, and then they would send everybody, everybody on their mate, so they had an email, email club. <clears throat> they would send everybody in their email club a $5 off a lobster roll offer. And, uh, and, and they would get great response, and they'd sell a lot of lobster rolls, and they'd, they'd, make, they'd make quite a bit of money on it. <clears throat> what they did after they had the loyalty program was we worked with them to say, well, let's, let's take a look at all of the people that bought the lobster roll last year, and let's just send those people an email just saying it's back. Don't, don't make an offer. Don't send them a $5 coupon. Let's just tell them that it's back. The second step was to take all the people that didn't buy the lobster roll and make them an offer for the $5 off the same as before. And then the final step was just before the lobster roll was about to go away, so around about this time that year, we, would, we said, send all, anyone that's bought the lobster roll another offer saying, hey, it's only here for another two weeks. Um, why, don't you, you know, why don't you come back and get it before it's gone? 
Mm -hmm. uh, kind of recon strategy only possible because we could actually look back and, and know who bought and who didn't buy. And what they saw is they sold around about 30% more lobster rolls than they had the year before, and uh, their promotional expense was was cut by uh, more than what, cut it cut by more than in half. So they only, they spent less than half what they did on promotional uh, business. Wow, those, those are pretty significant numbers. I mean, so not only are you able to quantify your efforts, but you're also able to be project, you know, proactive and project uh, smart business decisions. To be able, you can see the trends and be able to look into the future to have more impact with how you're going to be making these promotional decisions. So, I mean, it's... That's fine. It's really interesting and uh, just so powerful. So I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, not every restaurant. You don't have two restaurants that are exactly the same. And then you have the really broad uh, segmentations like quick service, fast casual, casual, and fine dining. Is there anything we need to know uh, about you know, collecting data that might make us in our concept unique to another one? Our perception is that in general, the, the QSRs, casual, fine dining, they're, they're facing – they, they have similar needs, but they just have a fairly different kind of focus to them. Uh, so they have the same challenges, but, but what they have to do is a little bit different from each other. So if you sort of take, take the two extremes, like a QSR and, and fine dining, and just think about the nature of the relationship that you have with those restaurants. So a, a QSR, you know, if it's a QSR near where you work in a place that you go at lunch, you might go there two or three times a week, certainly once a week, you know, four times a month, 48 times a year, if, if you're if you, you know, sort of working 48 weeks a year. You can imagine that you're going there quite a lot. Now, mm -hmm. not many people would visit a, um, a fine dining place that often. It's not, very, not many people that would go there every week, certainly very few people that would go there um, you know, multiple times per week. That's not to say there's nobody. But the, you know, the, there would be very few people. So if you're if you're putting together something like I mean, one of the one of the common things we see most uh, most programs that are, that kind of get up and running do is they'll have a, a we miss we call it a we miss you campaign. The idea being some sort of a triggered message that identifies, hey, this customer used to come in fairly often. They haven't been in to see me for a while. I'm going to send them something to get them back. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's something that, that lots of people do. I mean, it's something that I would say everybody should do because uh, it works. And um, but if you sort of just think about the nature of the trigger there, so if you're a quick serve restaurant, it may be that if you, if you haven't seen Eric for, for two weeks or three weeks, that might be the right time to send him a message to get him to, to come back. Um, if you're a fine dining establishment, maybe that's you know, two or three or four months before mm -hmm. you thought, why haven't we seen this guy for a while? So there's definitely kind of a cadence thing that, that, that really matters. Um, I also think the, the different chains are facing different pressures. So if you kind of look at that middle segment, the casual dining, um, that's a part of the market that's in general hurting at the moment. There's a lot of, um, there's just been a, a big decline in traffic. And so casual dining is, is, is extremely focused on, tra on driving traffic. And as a result of that, it's ex just a huge amount of couponing going on in that market in general. And so they're, they're sort of trading guests between them through um, more and more discounted coupons. Um, and so, so, so really, they're very focused on, on driving visits and, and really trying to work out, well, if, if I've got this person that's coming in once a month, how do I drive an extra visit? So very much a, um, a visit driving activity in, in the casual dining segment. And then once you get up to fine dining, I, I think then, you know, you, you're talking about much bigger tickets. You're talking about, um, you know, much more, much higher levels of spend. There's a little bit more for, room for, for nuance once you get up to that segment. And so... Yeah, when, we, when we look at fine dining establishments, we've, we've commonly seen this 
um, this business traveler segment of customers. And these are, these are people that are, are typically, you know, they're there um, multiple times a week. So this is the group of people that are actually in a fine dining place multiple times a week, probably like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night. They probably sit at the bar, have a couple of drinks. And, uh, you know, it's not the largest ticket in the house, but they're coming in multiple times per week. And maybe they'll do that for a period of a few months. And then they'll stop. And that, you know, the reason they've stopped is they've got a different assignment. They're traveling to a different part of the country. But really what we're trying to work with those clients on doing is, is identifying who those customers are very quickly, realizing they're valuable very quickly, and, and sort of bringing, you know, making them feel special um, very quickly, not waiting months before we, before we kind of recognize these people, but, but spotting very quick that they're exhibiting this behavior of being mm -hmm. kind of a traveler. And then you know, sending them offers or just sending them a thank you or just making sure that you know, there's some sort of a flag that the manager sees that, that they know this is a valuable customer and take time to say hi and get to know them. You know, th there's, there's much more room for, for that kind of personal touch when you get up to the fine dining just because you're dealing with higher tickets. So I think in general they're facing similar kinds of challenges, but there's just a different focus and a, and a, different, um, sort of a different ability to execute on certain things that, that makes, the, uh, makes the programs different. Yeah, and, and it's not just on, I just want to add, it's not just about the frequency. It's also about, um, you can see the trends in what people are ordering. So if you have a guest, for example, who is always ordering fish off the menu, and you're going to be running a special that's fish, uh, then you can really go into the data that you have to see who are your big spenders when it comes to the fish and really target them for these promotions and when you're running these specials. And uh, it's just really cool how you know, targeted you can be when you're running your promotional campaigns. Um, do you want yeah, that's right. So again, we, we, we talked about the example of targeting people that are yeah. the, uh, the limited time offer. You can, you can sort of take that into, it doesn't have to be a limited time offer. You can take that into, you know, in, into, a, into, into more general. You can sort of look at people that have, um, you know, one of the things we often try to do is we'll, we'll look at what, what is the behavior that the most valuable guests exhibit. And usually we'll, you know, we might find, for example, that they, if, if it's a, a restaurant that has a, a dine-in and a take-out kind of functionality, the most valuable guests are want to do both. So you can really work hard to find the ones that have only ever dined in and try and encourage them to get, to get a take-out order, and those that only ever take out and try and encourage them to, to come into the restaurant. Or you can, you can look at people that um, usually only visit during the week and, and try to encourage them to come back at the weekend, or people that only visit for breakfast and try to get them to come back for, for dinner. You, there's, there's, all, there's just all of these different combinations where you can really you, know, you kind of get to know people um, on, on a, as close as possible to a one-to-one -one basis and make offers that make sense to them, um, that are very relevant to them, because people don't lie. There's a lot of noise in people's email boxes, and just in general, there's a lot of people are getting a lot of messages, and it's really important to be laser-focused and, and, and send really targeted, relevant messages to people, because they're the ones they respond to. And if, you, if you're making offers for things that pe you know people like, and that makes sense, but also makes business sense for you because it's driving an incremental trip or it's driving incremental spend that you're not just taking money off something somebody would have purchased anyway. There's, there's a huge amount of value in that, and that's, that's really what we're, we're seeing the, um, the more sophisticated programs really starting to do. Yeah, I mean, what it boils down to is just good customer service. If you know what your customer is like, you can really deliver more value and just be outstanding when uh, customer service i think it's defined as something like uh basically whatever you can do to make your the life of your customer easier and if you're just giving them the only the information that really appeals to them that's amazing customer service and uh i mean it just it doesn't hurt just to, anything you can do to make yourself better is good so um yeah, I just a simple just a simple thank you yeah you know, it, we, we uh, will often find we, we we spend time working out um 
sort of stratifying customers for different restaurant chains into platinum, gold, silver, bronze customers. Just sometimes reaching out to those platinum customers, you know, that top 10% of spenders and saying, hey, thanks for being a customer. You know, we really appreciate your business. Uh, we know you visit us a lot. We really appreciate it. Just little things like that. It doesn't have to be a, it doesn't have to be a coupon. It doesn't have to be a, anything special. Just, just you know, a, 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 a thank you, uh, some recognition. People respond very well to those kinds of things. And it, it, you're right, it's, it's all about customer service. Exactly. So uh, the next question I have for you, Lee, is basically like now that we have this, this data, um, as a restaurant owner, what can we do to leverage it? Like what can we do as the owner? What do we need to know to make the most of this data? So I think you, you need you need a few different things. Um, the first one is you need all you need the data, right? So you need the data. You need to have it in a form that is you know relatively easy to access, and, and that could be some sort of package you buy off the shelf. It could be something you build yourself. But you kind of need the data in in a way that that it can be accessed and manipulated and, and analyzed. Uh, I think the second thing you need is is uh, you need somebody uh, on your team, either yourself or, or, or somebody that works for you. Um, that has that the talent, the analytical talent, and knows how to how to take a business question, turn it into a piece of analysis, and then execute that analysis. And I, I think that's often the uh, the harder step. It's, it, you know, it, it's it's a difficult process to really take take something that just sounds like a business question, and then and then do a piece of analysis that really um, really answers the question. You then need some sort of tools, right? So you need the data mining or business intelligence tools for those analysts to use. And I think the final thing, and this one's one that I think sometimes overlooked, is you need a culture that's ready to listen to analytical insights. You know, some, sometimes the analysis will show you something that's a little bit counterintuitive, or, or you know, it might be might not might not fit with the, kind of what the, the the executive's gut feel is about something. And what you need is a is a is a culture that sort of values the analysis and is willing to act on it, and and you know, willing to be thoughtful about it. And but really, I think if you've got those if you've got those four things, you can start to make some headway into this. Yeah, all very important things. Like you can have this technology, you can have this data, but you have to be able to implement it. And um, on that, can you think of any resources that you can share with the listeners? Because you talk about being able to use tools to analyze this data. I mean, what kind of tools? Can you give us a specific example of a tool? Well, I mean, I think I think it really depends on on the sort of the the, the, the size of the uh, the size of, of, of business that you're talking about. So, you know. Some examples of things that we use. So we um, we use uh, some some data visualization tools and and and, and data cube tools called um, Pentaho and Platform. Now, if you're if you're sort of a fairly big chain and, and it has fairly sophisticated ability to to create data cubes, they're, they're pretty valuable. You know, some people are doing this in, uh, in in tools like Microsoft Excel. That's still popular. There's other tools. Um, there's, there's lots of different examples of, of, of packages out there, but I think you know those um, those sort of off-the-shelf things is one way of doing it. You know, I think if you buy if you buy loyalty um, if you buy a loyalty program from a, from a vendor, you know, someone like a Patronix, uh, that would always come with with a lot of data and sort of built-in analysis and dashboards and, and tools like that. So that's another way to get it done. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's a there's, a, there's a, a series of options available. It sort of depends very much on the size of the operation that you're that you're managing. So many of these tools and these analytics come when you go and you approach a company who does the type of program that Patronix does. It comes as a package deal. Is that what you're saying? Well, I, I certainly that, that's one way to get some to get some good data. If you want good loyalty data, you need a loyalty program. Um, okay. But there's, there's other ways. There's other ways to do it. I mean, I, I know there's there's um there's there's, there's 
programs out there, there's software out there and hardware there that can, can take your point of sale system and, and, and turn that into, um, into mineable data because the, the stuff that comes out of there uh, in, in its raw form is, is a little bit hard to go after. But I know there's, there's, there's packages you can buy there. Um, but yeah, certainly if, I would expect if you, um, if you sign up and, and get a professionally run loyalty program, that's a good start in terms of how to get, um, how to get access to, to good data on what's going on with your customer base. Awesome. All right. So for those people at home that are starting to wake up and smell the roses and realize maybe it's time I make the investment to start trying to implement some kind of service or software to make the most of this data that's out there. Um, can you talk to us about maybe some of the different price points for maybe people that have a big budget or a small budget? Let's start with maybe a small budget. So if somebody has a small budget, what's the, like the, most minimal thing you can do to get going in the right direction with collecting data and implementing it. So I think if, you know, if you're a really small, if you're a really small restaurant chain and you are um, you know, one or two units and it's kind of an owner manager thing, I think in that situation, funnily enough, it's a lot of what we're trying to do with big data is things that a sort of owner manager can actually do themselves. They already know who their most valuable customers are. They're in the restaurant. They, they know them. They can shake their hands. They can say thank you um, in person. So I think if you're kind of a small, a, a very small uh, operation like that, you know, really, the, 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 I think the minimum investment is, is in some sort of a um, some sort of an email, some sort of an email program. You need something where you can sort of capture your guests' details and have a way to to kind of send out communications to them. Um, as you need to, and that would be a relatively minimal investment. You get a little bit of information about who responded to emails, how many how many emails you got sent, that you sent, how many good addresses, bad addresses. That would be kind of the that would be kind of the the, the minimum investment. And I think if you then kind of move up and get into um, you know kind of that, that 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 next level, which I think is probably that sort of five through you know let's say five to fifteen kind of uh, stores or locations within within a chain i think then you know th then you start to get into the world where you could um, you could start to think about a loyalty program um from you know from someone like us or you could start to think about a more sophisticated email uh, program that gives you sort of trackable coupons and things like that or you could start to think about um you know some some uh, hardware that would would create a, a a database that you could then access with you know potentially something simple like a, a Microsoft Access or maybe with a you know a, a little bit more um, sophisticated software on top of that and then once you kind of get into the you know bigger than you know um, you know bigger than that I mean, all the way up to thousands of restaurants across the across the um, across the country you know that's when the you should you should definitely be investing in you know in a, in a sort of professionally run loyalty program you probably could in, can invest in both internal and external analytical talent and we usually like to see kind of a blend of that you kind of need those people in-house that, that that kind of know know the brand and know the know the stores and know the locations as well as some external people that kind of know how to analyze um, loyalty data and, and big data and, and have those tools and, and that I think beyond a certain point the investment is less in technology and it's more in people and, and really that's where um, you start to sort of build your, your, your toolkit there but I mean we've seen some larger chains with um, literally tens of people um, dozens of people doing the analysis on this both a combination wow. of, of external and internal resources if you're kind of a big chain with thousands of locations nationwide you, you can really have a whole team dedicated yeah. to, to, yeah. to analysis and that's really the expensive part of this yeah. beyond the point is people rather than technology well lee um i've asked all the questions i have for you can you think of any other question i could have asked you that would have brought more value to this interview 
No, I think we've covered. I think we've covered a lot there. I mean, it, it's a it's a it's a difficult topic. I mean, I would I would advise anybody. You know, it is a little bit intimidating, but but don't um, don't let that stop you getting started, right? Uh, if you if you're very if you're crystal clear on on what is it, what problems it is you're facing, what questions you'd like to answer, um, start there. Start with what you want to know, and then start figuring out how to build the um, the team or the systems or the the software or hardware, whatever it is you need. Um, to, to answer those questions, but really be laser focused on what is it I want to know, what is it that I think I need to know to improve my business, and then start, you know, build build the capability around that need rather than just kind of building the building the capability for the sake of it. Awesome. Well, we're doing a little good on time here, so I just want to kind of get an idea of what you think the future holds. Like, what's on the horizon as far as data collection goes? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, I think you know, just just in the, in the short term that I've been I've been um, working on this it's just it's just more and more different pieces of data so you know when we first started out we were primarily just dealing with um with the loyalty program data so you know we would sort of look at our own internal data now we've added in for, for some of our data insights customers we, we now look at every single check that we have the, the, the check level detail for every check that goes through any of their stores uh, we've added in facebook links for people we've added we've integrated with with uh with with email providers to, to get the data from them we've um you know, we're, we've, uh, I'm trying to think, there's just, there's just, I think that what's going to happen over time is there'll be more and more data added to this. I think the, um, the, the big thing that I think is going to happen is just people are getting closer and closer to, to true kind of one-to-one marketing. And I think that's really what the ultimate goal with this is, you know, you start with a, you start with a, a, a vanilla email program where you just send out an email to everybody once a month. And, and what a combination of loyalty and big data and sophisticated analytics enables you to do is just get closer and closer and closer to having such truly personalized, um, truly personalized messages. And, and I think you know, the restaurant industry is actually a relatively late to the game here. So mm-hmm. it, I think the, the, the early movers were, um, were banks and credit card companies. Probably Amazons and you know, the world. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's right. I, mean, I think the first time I saw it, I started my career with Capital One, and we were really doing a lot of data mining back in the late 90s, early 2000s, and doing some very sophisticated things. And I think retail got into it. I think Amazon started that. But I think now most retailers are, are doing some very sophisticated things with, with their loyalty programs, but also just with their, their point-of-sale data. And you, know, you, you hear stories of people integrating weather forecasts into, where they, in, into their supply chain and making sure that when, when there's a you know, bad weather forecast, when there's cold weather forecast, they get all of the, the right products up to the northeast and mm-hmm. you know, pharmacy chains track the cold season and ship the, um, <clears throat> the, the, the cold medication to the right part of the country. You know, restaurants, honestly, are a little bit late to the game on mm-hmm. this one. Uh, they're, they're, they're learning, but they're, they're, I think the, the restaurant industry has, has a lot of catching up to do in terms of kind of using the, the, the data that's available to it to, to, make the kinds of, um, to make the kind of strides that we've seen in, in, in retail and in financial services. Uh, so I think a lot of you know I, th- I think you can certainly look to those markets for for a good idea of where things will go. And again, I think that sort of points to um, it points to both kind of one-to-one marketing, but then it, it also just points to the the ability to use it beyond you know, big data, beyond just loyalty and and, and personal um, person to person by person decisions, and really getting into um, decisions about. You know, I mean, we've talked earlier about menu items, but what about locations? I mean, why, you can get much more intelligent about how you decide where to put where to put restaurants. You can use yeah. this data to figure out staffing patterns. That's really cool. Uh, I mean, there's just so many 
like the the possibilities when when the information's there there's just so much you can do with it um and it's just really like intriguing to think one on one marketing like just to be able to get so niche down and to, to get so targeted where you know the it used to just be like segmentations like target markets but now it's targeted to the individual like they can track every little thing about you and just give you exactly what you want uh it's really scary so i mean i don't want to cut you short was there anything else you wanted to add um, no, I think I think I think that's about. It. I mean, I just think it's you know, the, the challenge here is there's so much, there's so many different things you can do with it. If you're not careful, uh, you need to be very focused. And I, I guess that's why why I, my, one of the one of the things I always um, work with clients on is let's let's focus on what your most important business issues are. Right. So if you have a traffic problem, then let's you know let's let's figure out how to use big data to solve the traffic problem, and let's you know park some of the other things for, for now. If you if you've got a if you've got a problem with your supply chain, well then let's talk about how to use it for that. You know, but, but I think if, you, if you're not careful, you can get overwhelmed mm-hmm. and sort of focus. And I think you know because almost anything can be answered with big data. That doesn't mean everything should. I think you've really got to be very clear about now. You, there's, there's a finite amount of resource. That you have in a company to, to kind of to, to dedicate to doing this kind of analysis, and you've got to make sure you're pointing it at answering the most important uh, questions that are going to give you the, the biggest leverage. I mean, there's, there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of stuff you could do, which would which would be in the in the camp of very very interesting but not very useful, and you have to try to avoid doing too much of that. I mean, a little bit of that's fun. But you have to try to avoid doing too much, uh, too much of that analysis that is just really cool, but not really going to deliver much value to you. And uh, that, yeah. I think really focused is, is a big part of this. Great. Well, you know, you've been so valuable today. I'm so grateful to be able to have you come on the show and talk to my audience. Just to give us that big picture of what big data is and how we can leverage it. And um, why don't you give yourself uh, a plug? How can we connect with you and how can you and your services help us? The easiest way to get in touch with us is to, is to go to um, patronix.com. You can read there all about the different kind of service office offerings. And on there, there's a, there's a page that explains um, a little bit more about what my team, Data Insights, does. But also, you'll be able to find a lot more information about our loyalty program, our gift, our messaging programs, um, all, of which are, all of which are great. And I, I hope people can take the time to take a look at our website and um, learn more about our services. Yeah, there's some great services there on the website. I mean, I was just looking at some of the webinars you guys have, the interviews. Um, it's, a, it's a good place to go after this uh, this episode. If you're listening and you want to dig in a little bit deeper, you might be able to find some value there. Not might be, you will find some value there. So uh, thank you again yeah, so much. Take, 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 a look at, take a look at our blog. Um, we, we, we regularly post on the blog, and, that, and that's the, the Data Insights team post there regularly, and so do all the other Patronix um, team members as well so yeah follow it follow our blog and check out our website is the, is the best place to look cool um great well thank you for you know uh opening all of our eyes on what's out there the possibilities uh where the future is headed and what we can do to make the most of it and uh, i'm just extremely grateful to have you here on the show all right thanks it was all good right. speech yeah take care Another great episode here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Uh, yeah, maybe it's not the most exciting information. Uh, it's a little dry, the content, but it's so, so important uh, that we are leveraging the technologies that do exist today to make the most of our restaurants. Uh, and like you, I mean, like he said, the, the examples he gave us with being able to really cut down on the cost of promotions by being so targeted and having that foresight and being able to be proactive and not just shoot out a bunch of coupons, but to only shoot the coupons 
to the people that will use them will just save you money. That's just one example he used. But just knowing everything there is to know about your guests can make you more effective. And that's really just what I want you to take away from today. Uh, it's important, like you mentioned, to have a good culture and to have that open-mindedness uh, when it comes to adopting these new things. Uh, and with this data, you can't just collect it. You have to have a good eye to make the most of it. Another important thing that he did point out. Um, we're going on to almost 36 minutes now, so I'm going to say goodbye. I hope you guys found value in today's show. Uh, don't forget, you can find all the links to the things we talked about, the links to Patronix, to find their webinars, to read their blog, um, all in the show notes at www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash 76. And until next time, peace out.